0: Hello and welcome to another message of the Letter Rain Ministries, where we are dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We hope that our ministry is helping you get closer to the Lord by helping you understand better His ways. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to contact us through our website at www.theletterrain.org. We would also like to make you aware that our English audio messages are now available as podcasts through iTunes. Look for us in the Apple iTunes store under Podcasts as the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. Today we'll be taking a look at the first part of Proverbs chapter 31. We'll look at the first nine verses where we'll read of a mother's advice to a king. We'll see that her instructions are simple but of great value. We'll observe that her advice is for both his personal success as well as to ensure that he is a good king ready and able to serve as best as possible the people he will rule over. We will go even a little further where we will see that this advice is fitting for those of us who truly aspire to become what God intentionally made each and every one of us to be. Please stay with us for the next few minutes as we listen to today's message. Let's pray together for a few moments and ask the Lord that he help us understand his word, as well as to help us have the right mindset and disposition to receive it. But together with that, that he help us understand that his word does apply to our everyday life while here. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. I praise you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Blessing and honor and glory be to you O Lord now and always and forever and ever. Heavenly Father Lord God I pray that you please forgive my sins my wrongs and Heavenly Father that you always please have mercy. I pray O God heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Lord that you uh, that you may please um, help us to to understand Lord God help us O Lord to have the right mindset and to the d- disposition to receive your word. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to understand that we need to live your word daily. We need to apply it to to everyday life, to our decisions, to just every aspect of our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person listening. I pray, O Lord, that you may work in their lives and that you may just help them understand, Lord. We need you, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be looking at Proverbs chapter 31 verse 1 to 9. So let's read this together. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. What my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings or Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are of bitter heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless and the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. From a very early age, we were and are taught, depending on how old you are, that if we want to advance in the world, we need to educate ourselves, which is a very good idea, by the way. And based on this concept is that the more developed countries push and fund education as much as possible so its citizens can not only survive in the local economy, but also compete in the global market. For many years now, Most countries in the world compete against each other so they can offer its citizens the best futures possible. Successful businesses are run in the same manner, where people are pushed to excel to become better, more focused, and more efficient and organized. There are all kinds of books on management and successful business practices as those who are successful try to share their ideas. But at the end of the day, there's only one thing or rather one person that can make you better, and that is yourself. Starting with the Word of God, which is what should be our primary source of knowledge, we are taught that we have free will. Throughout the pages of the Bible, personal decision is implied. The historical aspects of the Bible were written for us so we could learn of the results that others had because of the decisions and choices they made. In the book of Genesis, for example, where it is explained to us how all things started for mankind, because that is what's relevant to us, we see that the fall of man came about not because the instruction wasn't there, but because both Adam and Eve made the decision to ignore God's instruction and listen to the devil's temptation. They saw it as attractive to be like God. God gave them some very simple guidelines. And he gave them these guidelines not to deprive them of greater things, but rather to protect them from all of the disaster that would result... ...for the very wrong decisions they finally made. Their decision to disobey God is a reason why we have the world we have today. For some reason, all the people that make the conscious decision to disobey... ...or do not see any value in the word of the Lord... ...think that God doesn't know what he's talking about... ...or that he is trying to keep them away from something better. They suffer the exact same problem that Adam and Eve had. There are many people that suffer from a God complex... And that they know more than God. And if they continue on that path, they will suffer exactly the same results that others who did the same before them. We can call this a spiritual law. And there is no changing a spiritual law. It's just that simple. But if we take the word of God for what it is, God's word or instruction to mankind, then we can experience what we are truly made for. And here's where we start getting into today's passage. It is uncertain who exactly this king was. We do know that King Solomon wrote as inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the irony is that even though King Solomon wrote this, he did not follow it in his own life and he wound up in a very bad place because of it. As a matter of fact, Solomon did not even live very long. He lived until he was 60, 10 years less than King David, his father, who had a much harder and tested life early on. So what can we take from this passage? Well, for starters, the name Lemuel means God with them or God with him. So his name has special significance in that he will fulfill the meaning of his name if he does what he is meant to do. Lemuel was not created for destruction or sorrow, but rather to fulfill his birthright, his purpose. He was to be king. And the advice his mother gave him was not to keep him from having fun or to cause him problems or to live a life of regrets, but rather to ensure that he was successful and to ensure that he would be a good king so his reign would prosper. So ultimately, he could live out the meaning of his name. Now, did she tell him to read the Wall Street Journal or to go to college or to go out there and build an empire? Not really. She taught him to be careful with certain things, to stay away from things that could destroy him and not let him do his job well. As king, his job was not to self-indulge or to party and be irresponsible, to go and enjoy his riches and power and so on. That's not the king's job. The king's job was and is to open their mouth for the speechless, to speak for those that cannot defend themselves because they have no power or wealth and especially if they are wrongfully accused and being put to death for wrongs they didn't commit. The king's position existed so the abuse could stop. We read that his job was to judge righteously on behalf of the poor and the needy to help those that could not help themselves. So in short, the king's job was to bring balance to the scale and permeate justice throughout their dominion so all citizens, not just the wealthy and powerful, could live peaceably. It wasn't a huge job description, but it was a very meaningful and noble one. If we use some sort of logic, any team or nation is only as strong as its weakest member. And so if the weakest member is treated justly, not necessarily spoiled or to feel entitled, then the group is that much stronger and mightier. So if a king did his job, as this woman explained to her son, the future of the kingdom And its stability was assured. And of course, if everyone is doing well, then the king is doing well also. So what is the advice that Lemuel is receiving from his mother? There are two main things that she focuses on. And her focus is inspired by her love for him. Because she ultimately wants for him to be safe. The first one we read about is in verse 3 where it says again, Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. What does this mean? She warns him of getting involved with the wrong sort of people intimately. It doesn't mean that as king he should not have a companion, but rather that it should be one woman as opposed to women, plural. A person needs to be very careful in getting entangled with the wrong sort of people, if you will. The Bible teaches us this principle in James chapter 4, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses... Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And so, if we are followers of Christ, then our intimate relationships, our friendships cannot be with people who are still under the influence of the prince of this world. It doesn't mean that we isolate ourselves from the world, but rather that our intimacy must be with those that are like-minded, Of the same spiritual and moral ideals so if the bible warns us about having worldly friendships then how much more should we stay away from having intimacy with people of the world the bible continues to warn us that we cannot be unequally yoked which means you cannot marry an unbeliever if you are a christ follower second corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 says do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? So the very practical advice Lemuel was given was to guard himself from people that would ultimately drag him down, especially people that did not hold on to the things of God. And most of all, to avoid entangling himself with ungodly people. And she warns him with a cause and effect, a reason, that if... He devotes his strength to these kinds of relationships, his dedication to the wrong sort, if you will, that he will be destroyed as king. If Solomon would have adhered to this very advice he wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit, not by his intellect, he would have avoided being destroyed as well. For those of you that do not know, despite Solomon being made by God an extremely wise person, at least in his beginnings, he did not end well and his life was shortened because of it. He got involved with the wrong sort of relationships, and those relationships lured him away from God. This is what the Bible tells us about Solomon in 1 Kings 11, where it says, For it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. So Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord, as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemish, the abomination of Moab on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this and have not kept my commandment and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Solomon did terrible things against the Lord by even following gods that demanded child sacrifices as part of worshipping them. So the advice that Lemuel's mother was giving to her son was very solid. If King Solomon with all of his wisdom and power fell because of pairing up with people he shouldn't have, then it is more than fair to say that others that take the same path will fall as well. I have to say this because there are always people that think that they are the exception to the rule, that they think that where others failed, that they will succeed. Ultimately, when we disobey God, we are bringing evil consequences upon ourselves. The second thing that she advises her son on involves staying away from drinking alcohol of any kind. She warns her son that if people in authority get involved with drinking, that their judgment will be impaired and that they will fail to fulfill their duty, which is to not only remember the law, which is the word of God, but also that they will not be able to carry out justice. They will not just be able to do that which is right before the eyes of God. I know that this is a touchy subject for many people, especially for people that have a tough time letting go because there is some sort of dependency, even if they defend themselves saying that they don't do it to the point of getting intoxicated. Scientifically speaking, any conception of alcohol affects judgment. That's as simple as that. When it enters the bloodstream and flows to the brain, something happens that dulls the senses and brings some sensation of euphoria. This is the whole reason for doing it, whether people realize it or not. And that is why it is so easy to just keep going after one drink, because it feels good. It gives you at minimum a sensation of relaxation and of ease. That is the first sign of its effect. But that dulling of the senses and slight state of euphoria is what makes a person vulnerable to their surroundings, impairs judgment and reaction time, and makes a person feel less inhibited. And if they are not careful, they start falling into the trap of dependency and habit creation. This is where accidents can happen, where people's lives can be changed forever. This is where people lose a grip on reality and where all perception is affected vision is not only blurred physically, but mentally as well. I know that this may sound exaggerated to some, but the risks for disaster are greater when under any kind of influence. The instruction of this mother carries a great amount of wisdom for her son because she is aware of the fact that a king or a prince must be ready for anything at any given moment because life is is uncertain and a person that is on guard all the time is a prepared person a person that will never be blindsided i know some of you might be saying right now john you you need to relax you can't be on all of the time but the bible gives us clear indication that we need to be ready for anything at any time because we don't know when the unexpected can occur that's why it is called the unexpected that's the way the devil works he does not give any warning. Quite frankly, his tactic is to be subtle. For you to never see him coming. He always enjoys the element of surprise. That's just who he is. He didn't approach Eve in the Garden of Eden in a way that made her panic. Quite the contrary. He was smooth, subtle, friendly and welcoming. They just started having a conversation. What's wrong with the conversation, right? He then just played around ever so slightly with a few words, in such a way that things made sense to her. And well, we know the rest of the story, right? That's why we are in this very imperfect and painful world. So the risk for disaster that a person runs when they are under the influence of alcohol increases exponentially because guards are lowered, self-control is decreased, and the senses are dulled. That is the perfect moment to strike for any enemy. That's when a person becomes easy prey. That's where people can be taken advantage of. And if you're a person in a position of authority, that is when you are bound to making bad decisions that can hurt other people and yourself. Anything that affects your judgment is bad for you, no matter how you look at it. Now, many people might say, I'm not a king or a prince or something or someone in authority, so this doesn't affect me. And there are two answers to that. At the present, yes, it is possible that I may not be talking to kings or princes or queens or anything like that. Although I can't say that with a lot of exactitude because this ministry, by the grace of God, does reach many people in different places. But we all have people we are responsible for. It is very fair to assume that there are, for instance, husband and wives listening to this message right now. And the family is an extremely important institution where authority and sound judgment is extremely necessary. Your family will not only work as well as you work on it. And no matter how much we may think that personal life and work life are separate, that is not certainly the case. When your personal life is suffering challenges, your work or professional life will also be affected, guaranteed. Just talk to anyone who's going through a divorce right now, especially if children are involved. That is a painful process where work is clearly affected. So at any rate, we all have things and people we are responsible for. Let's assume you may think that you don't have anyone to protect or to be responsible for you will always, always, always be responsible for yourself. But also we need to bear this second thing in mind, which is far more important than the trivialities of today. We need to think about the future. Whether you understand it or not, the Bible explains, we were all made with a purpose for an eternal plan. Our lives were not designed to end in this world. This world is only the introduction, a place for decision and for preparation so that we are ready for greater things that God has in store for those that do love Him and follow Him. This is what the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 to 10 where it says, And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. So if some of you think that God does not have great plans for you, you are deeply mistaken. God made us with an incredible and unimaginable purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 says this also, But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So the advice we are given in the Bible through Lemuel's mother is clearly applicable to us because it may not happen here now, but we are certainly being prepared by God through his Holy Spirit and his word to be people of great and eternal authority in the future. So our time here on earth is for preparation. If we are to inherit through Christ what God has prepared for us, we need to start working at it now and being ready for it now. That's why it is a huge mistake for many Christians to think that the only thing that matters is to be saved. That is not the only idea. We are not only supposed to just be saved, but we are to be prepared for what is coming after. We cannot come to achieve the greatness we were designed for if we are not living for that purpose. If we choose to be satisfied with the illusions of this world, if we choose to indulge in the here and now, if we don't focus on continuing to shed those things that impact our spiritual walk and our mission. What is our mission? What should we be more concerned with? What did God leave for us to do here? We are to continue the Lord's work if, in fact, we have come to not just be saved but to follow Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 4, verse 18-19 tells us what Jesus came to do for each of us where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. When we have converted to the Lord and found the answer to life through Him, we are then supposed to follow in His footsteps and help others find their way to the Lord we serve. Following this path is what makes us able to fulfill God's plan for our lives so we're able to inherit the spiritual authority we were made for in eternity. You want to achieve true and lasting greatness? Follow Jesus. It's as simple as that. Through all of this, we need to understand that if we truly want to be eternally successful, we need to live out God's word. We need to practice what he teaches us. The word of God was written by people, but inspired by God for our complete benefit. So we can know and understand what we need to do so we can fulfill his plan for us. What is many times difficult to understand, either because of misinformation or lack of faith, is that God does have incredible plans, eternal plans for those who love Him. Are there things we need to leave behind because they just don't help us? Of course. Everything in life and eternity has a price. But we need to stay focused and understand just what the prize is. The prize is not only eternal life, but also a position of spiritual and eternal authority. No matter what we may think about things here and now, they do not compare to the things that are coming. You cannot compare the temporary world to the eternal realm. Everything here is finite. Eternity is infinite. So don't allow yourselves to be deceived with the illusions and lies and cheap entertainment Satan tries to parade before your senses. Look beyond that. Look towards the Lord that loves you, that died for you, and that desires to give you an eternal and unlimited purpose. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, O Lord, help us to understand that your word is applicable to our lives and that we need to apply it in a very practical way. Lord, your word is very literal. It's very direct. And if we just understand that that is your way to speak to us, and to just very understand what we need to do, what the things we need to be careful with. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that the relationships we keep are extremely important. They can either make us or break us, Lord God. And, and help us to understand that they're not just romantic relationships that we have to be careful with, but just any and every relationship around us business relationships, friendships, work relationships, whatever it is, help us to be careful and to understand that, you know, we need to surround ourselves within our intimate space with people that help us to follow you and that are able to give us good, sound and biblical advice when we need it. Heavenly Father, help us to understand the value of that. Help us, O oh Lord, to just be concerned, Lord God. We know that that as Christ followers, we need, Lord God, to to share the gospel with those that need it, and and we need to do that. That's it's just a part of what we need to be doing. But Heavenly Father, help us to understand that very delicate and careful balance we must keep. That even though we are sharing the gospel, just like Jesus did, He did not become a part of. What he was trying to reach. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you help us to understand that even though we're able and to do whatever we want to do, that everything is lawful to us, that not everything is in our best interest. Help us to be careful with things that may seem, you know, not very menacing, or they don't seem very dangerous, Sometimes those things that seem very subtle and, and, you know, nothing to be worried about, help us to understand that those small things or those things that we see as small may bring us down, may affect our spiritual walk. Heavenly Father, help us to be alert. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that we really need to be careful. We really need to understand the world that we're living in. And, Lord God, that we just need to be aware and just have our eyes set on you, knowing that you have greater things for us, eternal purposes for our lives, things that we can't even imagine, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to keep our, our eyes on the prize, ultimately to keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Ladderrain Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.